Hi there, and a very warm welcome to Season 3, Episode 6 of People Soup. It's Ross McIntosh here. This week it's a copper soup, a short episode with an exercise designed to help us reflect and notice our inner and outer worlds. For this, if you want to have a go, it would be useful to have a pen and a piece of paper handy. People Soup is a community of people who are interested in behavioural science at work and how we can make it accessible, fun and useful for ourselves and for each other. At work, behavioural science has the capacity to enhance our well-being, help us be the person we want to be more often and provide us with perspectives to enable cooperation, collaboration and innovation. It was psychologist Abraham Maslow who said, A first-rate soup is more creative than a second-rate painting. And that was the inspiration for this podcast. More than ever, the world of work is a heady mix of people, behaviour, events and challenges. When the blend is right, it can be first-rate. Behavioural science and psychology has a lot to offer in terms of recipes, ingredients, seasonings, spices and utensils. So welcome to People Soup. Pea Soup, as you may have noticed, I've tweaked my intro. I've really been reflecting on the purpose of the podcast and why I produce it. I'll put the new text in the show notes and would really appreciate some feedback, please. So let me know what you think. Right, let's crack on with the show. So remember, if you'd like to join in, it would be handy to have a pen and a piece of paper. Us humans have the capacity to create rich inner experiences, and these can feel very similar to what's going on in the outside physical world. For us to be able to notice the difference between the two is a very important skill for us. I wanted to share this exercise, or have a go at sharing this exercise, to illustrate the difference. That rich inner experience can be our thoughts, emotions, memories, sensations, urges that our minds produce. The outer world experience is what's going on in the physical world. What do we take in through our five senses? So how can we demonstrate the difference between the two? I'm going to demonstrate with an exercise I believe was developed by Kevin Polk, and I first saw it beautifully brought to life by Rachel Collis, an ACT colleague in Australia. So if you want to have a go, pick up your pen and experience it first through vision. Check out the shape of the pen, how the light shines on it. Look at the colours. What textures can you see? Are there, are there different ways that your pen reflects the light? Are there ridges, bumps, joins, junctions, smooth areas? Just really take it all in. Then let's move on to touch. How does it feel to touch the pen? You can close your eyes for this bit if you want. Are there different areas of texture? Is it smooth, rough? Can you feel a difference if there's plastic, metal, curved surfaces? Does it feel warm or cold? Okay, if your eyes were closed, open them again and let's turn to the sense of hearing. What is there to be experienced with your pen? Is there a click? A clip you can flick? I'm just going to have a go at mine. Oh, yeah. Or can you tap it on a surface? Whatever you can do with your pen, have a go. Okay, the sense of smell. Let's have a sniff. Have a sniff of your pen, pea supers. Mine has a kind of plasticky smell as I bring it closer to my nose. Finally, taste. Now, if you know where your pen has been, please feel free to have a taste. Maybe 
put the end of the pen in your mouth in a thoughtful manner, or don't if you don't know where your pen has been. If you wish, notice what there is to notice through the sense of taste. And before we finish this part, write a word, any word you want, on your piece of paper. OK, so now let's go on to the second part of the exercise. Put the pen down. And out of sight would be ideal, even though I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. So yeah, just put the pen down and let your eyes close gently if you're willing. Now let's have a go, see if we can create a vivid representation of your pen. What does it look like? Imagine those different surfaces, how it catches the light. Maybe any printing on the pen, are there any names or is it embossed? Different areas, materials, textures. Now imagine feeling the pen between your fingers, in your hand. How does it feel? What's the weight of it? The texture, the shape, the length. Then back to hearing. Imagine the pen clicking or flicking the clip, or tapping it on a surface. What, what would the noise be like? Have a sniff, pea supers. What would it smell like? In the world of imagination, what does your pen smell like? And, in the imaginary world, have a taste of your pen. What does it taste like? And finally, imagine writing a word with the pen. A different word to earlier, but imagine writing it on your imaginary piece of paper. So, that's the exercise. That's it. So let's take a moment to reflect on the experience of the pen through our five senses, the first part, and the experience of the pen in our mind. Some people can create quite a vivid representation of the pen in their imagination. Me, I reckon my representation felt pretty real. So take a moment. When we wrote the word on the piece of imaginary paper with our imaginary pen, nobody knows what I wrote. Nobody knows. However, anyone could see the word I wrote on the real bit of paper in the real world if they were in the vicinity or near me. Can we always notice the difference between what's going on inside of us and what we're experiencing in the real world? Because that inner stuff can seem pretty real to me. We humans, we have the capacity to treat our internal world as if it's the same as the physical world. This can be a really amazing and helpful skill to have. For instance, what would it look like if we moved the sofa over to the other side of the room? Or, how would it taste if we added more salt to this dish? Or, what would it sound like if I had the voice of Jim MacDonald from Coronation Street? The amazing thing we can do is imagine how things can be and play with them in our mind as if they are the real thing. Then, we can also go ahead and create the thing, so we might move the sofa, or... We might add more salt to the dish. Or, I might speak in the voice of Jim MacDonald from Coronation Street. Catch yourself on there, Elizabeth. Thank you. Sometimes the things we create might be complicated and beautiful, like the Eiffel Tower, or the 1812 Overture, or the perfect cheese scone. But here's the rub. Sometimes what's going on inside isn't solving a real-world problem. In our inner world, our minds can produce thoughts, emotions, feelings, memories and urges in response to the realities of life. For instance, my mind often catastrophizes about what could go wrong in the future. 
or it can throw up memories of what's happened in similar circumstances in the past. This inner world content can pull me away from the present moment and what's going on in the real world. My catastrophization of the future may never happen, but it seems so vivid and real. It can influence what I do next, which isn't always helpful for me. I might show up in a way that's less than ideal and doesn't reflect what's important to me or who I want to be. This skill of noticing or distinguishing what's going on inside of us and what's going on in the world of direct experience is a great one to develop and one we often seek to cultivate here at People Soup. What this exercise does is highlight the two contexts that are going on at work or in any situation in life. That's what's going on in the physical world around us and how are we showing up in the world of our behaviour. Then there's the inner world. What's going on between our ears? What content is our mind generating and how could this influence how we show up next or what we do next? For instance, what we say, where we walk or our facial expression. I love the pen exercise as a way to illustrate this difference and thought that you might like to have a go too. Before I sign off, I wanted to mention something else. My nephew, Alistair, is raising money for Samaritans, where my sister was a listener for over 10 years. With his pal Jamie, he's running up a mountain called Ingleborough to engage in some extreme ironing. I know, I know. So they'll run a half marathon up Ingleborough, a 2,000-foot mountain, with an ironing board and generators strapped to their backs. And when they reach the summit... They will iron several shirts, whatever the weather. And this event will be filmed. Why this approach? I'm not sure. But what I will do is put the links to further information and the sponsorship details on the show notes if you want to donate or find out more about the work of the Samaritans. Samaritans is a charity dedicated to reducing feelings of isolation and disconnection that can lead to suicide. They do this by being available 24-7 for anyone who needs someone to simply listen to them without judgment. Whatever you're going through, Samaritans will face it with you. And you can get in touch with them on 116123 or at samaritans.org. If you like this episode or the podcast, could I invite you to share it with one other person? I'm really keen to spread the behavioural science and the skills with more people and welcome more people to the Peace Super community. Of course, a subscription, rating or review on whatever platform you listen on would be also very much appreciated. You can get in touch at peoplesoup.pod at gmail.com, on Twitter at peoplesouppod, on Instagram at people.soup, on Facebook at peoplesouppod, and I think that covers all the social media channels. So... Peace Supers, thanks to Andy Glenn for his spoon magic and to you for listening. Have a great week, Peace Supers, and bye for now. Or we might add more salt to the dish. Or I might speak in the voice of Jim MacDonald from Coronation Street. Catch yourself on there, Elizabeth. Thank you. <laughs>